Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. I'll be able to. I'll be able to figure out my way through this somehow. I'm already recording, so I mean, we might as well just uh, just kick it off. Um, we're gonna just took a big just took a big bite of a pizza roll. Oh my god! You're still eating the pizza rolls. Yes. And you're having a nice glass of red. Yes. What kind of wine is it? What kind of red wine are you drinking? Orange Swift Abstract. I'll be right over. Delicious. Just a little glass. It's just sitting there. It just, it just looks so good sitting on the counter. You just know a I mean? tiny little baby glass. That's it. All right. Well, enough about uh, the gourmet meal that you're enjoying of pizza rolls and wine. And on to the football. Uh, United Chelsea. <laughs> United Chelsea opening weekend. Um, United Chelsea. Let me hold on. Let me check my notes. <laughs> Under my notes, I have Chelsea bad. Chelsea bad, United better. Yeah. We must, um, have, we must have saw the same game. Yeah. Well, well that's that's <laughs> sure, certainly reassuring. <laughs> um, this feels a lot like the two episodes I did with you on Cue the Banter, Nick. By the way, I should, before we actually get into the football, we should introduce the fact that you are not Jared. I'm not. Um, you are a Raymond brother. Correct. You're just not the Raymond brother that people are used to hearing. Yep. A different one coming on coming in hot this time. Jared is busy uh, on set out in California of a production I don't know the name of. Yeah, I don't either. And we are here on set of a production we do know the name of. But uh, good to have the third Raymond brother on as a fill-in. Welcome it's a in, pleasure. Nicholas. Is this your first time on Footy Ado, or did we have you this in last is my, season? Nope, this is my first time on Footy Ado. So you were on the penalty spot when we were running that one. I was on the penalty spot when it was a radio show. Yeah. You came down to Stockton, and we sat in the studio, and with uh, like five games to go and an 11-point lead, you said that Leicester would not win the title and Arsenal would beat him. I did. I, that was where the that was my my delusional thought. That was your delusional thought before we even knew we were having delusional thoughts. Um, yeah. So I should I you, should, you owe me like royalties on the idea of the show. You're gonna have to take that up with Jared. Although let me let me say this before like because what do you do? I'm talking about the beginning of the show. I remember when you guys were like we're coming up with we're we're not going with the penalty spot. We're changing the name. And I remember you sent footy do, and I was like that's perfect. And then I remember, like, your other group of friends had no idea what, like, it meant. What, like, fully ado. Fully, what, yeah. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Um, we did it. I'm pretty sure we did a Twitter poll. And yeah. our other show name won the Twitter poll, and we said, fuck it. Let's go with the one we like. Yeah, I mean, because the guys were like, well, I don't know what that means. How do you even pronounce it? Like, it, come on, guys. I think that was primarily Nick Shirtmatter. Which does that surprise you at all? He's not the (laughs) not at all. He's not the brightest guy. No, he's not. He like I feel like he would say a sentence like he's not the brightest tool in the shed. You know, he's a couple uh, 
couple tools uh, short of a six-pack. Yeah. <laughs> and he now lives in Mississippi, so it's all too fitting. It's, oh, um, man. Going from Ohio to Mississippi. What a, what a move. <laughs> it's a rough life. But uh, back to the Chelsea bad, United better. 4-0 at Old Trafford. Now, uh, an opening day game away to United is going to be tough for any team, but especially a Chelsea team that's in transition. Uh, this was NYCFC legend Frank Lampard's first game in charge of Chelsea. Did not go. It did not go that well. No, it went pretty much as well as his NYCFC career did. Um, Which was also not atrocious. Bad. Atrocious. Um, and you know, it was a an 18th minute penalty scored by Rashford, given up by Kurt Zuma. Now I saw the starting lineup, and I saw that Zuma was starting. And I, first off, forgot that Kurt Zuma was on Chelsea because he spent the last two seasons on loan. He was at Stoke, and then last year he was at Everton. Yeah, I completely forgot about him. Um, and, you know, he was a promising defender before he got hurt for Chelsea. And that was kind of more when they had, like, a, a senior center back partnership for, a, you know, a guy that really had been at the top of the game for quite some time, um, playing next to him. And he just looks, that after that injury, it looks like a not even close to um, the potential that he had beforehand. But he gave away a penalty. He was just, on, on the day, he was just bad all game long. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at, uh, I'm on who scored. Okay. Looking at player ratings. And uh, yeah, he, uh, oof. Uh, uh, nice 4.9. Oh, that's like, it's honestly like higher than I expected you to say, but um, it was rough. And then Chelsea actually looked good. I remember we were, you know, me, you and Jared were all texting. Jared wasn't able to watch the game because he was on set and he said, keep me updated. And I said, Chelsea looked good, but it's still one nil. And then like two minutes later, I said, Martial scored two nil. And then two minutes after that, I said, Rashford again. 3-0, and it kind of just all fell apart. Um, yeah. And then new signing from Swansea City, Swansea City, the youngster Daniel James came on and scored within, uh, you know, he came out in the 74th minute and scored in the 81st, um, assisted by Paul Pogba, who had a very good game. Yeah, and, Pogba, Pogba looked good. And Daniel James, he... Uh, his father suddenly passed away right before he signed for United. Um, and you could see after he scored, you know, the, obviously the, the team uh, huddled around and really was, you know, enjoying that moment with him. But you could see yeah. after that, that uh, broke apart, he pointed to the sky for his dad. And that was, that was just an awesome, an awesome moment for him. Um, and, you know, United got off to a great start. You know, the the questions for United were, are they going to, you know, be able to score goals without Lukaku? And I I don't think Lukaku is all that great. Um, yeah, like I, I remember that, like seeing that whole conversation about them. And I'm like, I, I don't remember him. Like how many goals did he score last year? Um, I'm not sure what his goal tally was last year. I can look that up, but. Um, guy, was, guy was probably padding the numbers. But he did not play all that much um, after 
Solshar took over. So that didn't did won't help his case when I uh find out how I'm many he right. scored. I'm looking right now. Twelve uh, goals in the league. Yeah, whatever. Which is it's it it's average. I mean it's you know, double digit goals, but like Guy put up Drood numbers, you know? Yeah, that's that's the type of player he he reminds me of because Giroud... They talk, about, they talk about him like he's not that kind of player. Giroud, when he was on Arsenal, and even sometimes when he's on Chelsea, he'll score goals, but he just doesn't... It looks like the team plays worse without him. Or, I mean, worse with him. He doesn't make any sense. Even when, even when these players are scoring, it just... They just kind of, it's another player. He's a big guy. He's a target in the box, but he just slows down the 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 attack. And, you know, going right. with Martial up front, who got his number nine shirt back, um, and Rashford out on the left, it, it worked brilliantly for United. Um, I'm looking at my notes here, and it seems I have, you refer to Giroud as a donkey? Donkey, sure yes. That's yeah, that that I don't even consider a delusional thought. That's <laughs> that's just facts, man. Ugh. Fucking snake. Yeah, the so I, I didn't get to watch this whole game because I was working. Um and it was one nothing, and then I was also getting updated by you, and then real quick it was like two nothing, three nothing. And for a second I thought you were kidding. You thought that I was pulling a whole thing like you and Jared pulled when uh <laughs> was when Liverpool uh, scored the second in the Champions League final, you told me it was an equalizer? It was an equalizer. Yeah, of course. So I thought you were just like, I thought you were just fucking with Jared. And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, that is, that is ugly. So now, how, what are your feelings on, uh, on Frankie Lamps taking over as the, uh, as the manager? Um, I think it's going to end up being a decent move, but they have to give him more time than they've given any manager in the uh, Abramovich era. Since he took over, they have been ruthless with uh, sacking their managers, and they can't do that with Lampard. First off, he didn't get a transfer. He His first two transfer windows, he can't bring anybody in. Yeah, what'd um, they do? Uh, their ban stems from, I want to say, youth transfers. I don't know entirely about that much about it. I'm just happy that it happened. Yeah, a bunch of dirtbags, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like he they didn't get to sign anyone this summer. Obviously, as far as bringing players in, they've got, you know, players that came back that were out on loan. Kovacic, um, they they got the okay to re-sign Kovacic. They counted it as an option to buy after his loan move from last season and FIFA approved that. And they also have Christian Pulisic, who they signed in January, but loaned back to Dortmund for the remainder of the season. Christian Pulisic did not start the game. No. D- disappointing uh, many Americans. But yeah. uh, didn't then look, he, he did didn't come look off the... all too bad coming off the bench, but it was just he came off the bench and... And disappointed all and, a bunch of Americans. And then <laughs> he came on in the 58th minute, and less than 10 minutes later they had given up two goals. Yeah, it's no good. Now listen, he's playing on the wing. It's not his fault. I think it's just kind of funny. Although, the one thing I will say, and this is, it doesn't even have to do with Pulisic himself. It just has to do with, you know, his name. He's a big name. And NBC Sports 
would not stop talking about him. And it no, was they, a, they had the they had like the bar up top that was letting you know Pulisic. Yeah, it's it's it was frustrating the way that Fox Sports did it. Um, and they Fox, they never Fox stopped. Fox Sports is a fucking nightmare. They ne- when he was in the Bundesliga, they never stopped talking about him. He would be he would come on for five minutes, and they they would dedicate their entire post match to talking about him. Um, yeah. So I hope that doesn't continue all season long. Um, just because I'm like I want because NBC Sports is so good at what they do. You want? I, yeah, I, that was. I want him to uh, like you want him to be able to settle in. It's because no matter what he does now, as as number one, he's young. Number two, coming into the Premier League, which I always talk about how hard it is to you know assimilate to the Premier League and the pace of play and everything. Where if all they talk about every single week is Pulisic, 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 I just think it's I don't think it's going to be good for his image. And you know, if he has a string of bad games, people are going to get tired of him. Yeah. Which I think, it, I, and from that aspect, I think that it could it could backfire giving him this much press. Yeah, it's just an additional uh, pressure that's added on him that's not necessary because he's already got enough pressure on him in this situation. Yeah, because like with you know when he was at Dortmund, you saw all the highlights when he played good. You know, he'd come in and get an assist, score all that. I don't remember seeing a lot of him having a bad game. It, Do you know it, what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think by now that he's in the Premier League and NBC's so big that anytime he plays bad, we're going to focus on it. Yep, I agree. And even if he's not playing all that bad, but Chelsea are, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to go know, to him also. It's going to be, why isn't he making them play better? Because he does not have the supernatural powers that Eden Hazard had at Chelsea. Um, but also looking at a couple things for Chelsea going forward... Conte, you know, he's been uh, recovering from an injury. He needs to be playing for Chelsea to have any sort of chance at the top four this season. I don't think they, they're going to get to the top four. I don't think they're going to be in the top six. But Wow, he's going to be outside I, the top six. Yeah, my table prediction has Chelsea uh, outside of the top six. Um, I don't want to get my own table prediction wrong, though. I'm actually I'm trying to look it up right now. It's on Twitter. I know I have Everton finishing above them. I don't... Ever... Alex Awobi's Everton? Alex Awobi's Everton. I don't remember if I have uh, Leicester ahead of... I do. I have Everton 6, Leicester 7, Chelsea 8. Yeah, Chelsea in 8th. Yeah, Jared, Jared has Chelsea in 5th. But I, like... I, the guy's a Chelsea the, apologist. The loss, the loss of Hazard is really crippling. It's huge. It's crippling. It paralyzes the club. They, you know, like I said, Conte needs to be playing for them to have any sort of chance. He was the reason Leicester won the title. Um, So he also has those supernatural uh, powers that Hazard possessed, but they need someone else to be scoring the goals. Um, And then particularly because of how bad Kurt Zuma was, it became clear that Chelsea should not have sold David Luiz to Arsenal. It doesn't make any sense for them to have done that. Yeah, I mean, that, um, which now, what they say? That was from him and him and, him and Lamps got in an argument, right? Yeah. 
So he kind of said, okay, if you don't like it, leave. And then he left, and now they have Kurt Zuma. So, I mean, who's the joke on there? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Antonio Rudiger's hurt. Obviously, he's going to um, be first choice when when he's healthy. I want Rudiger. <laughs> I made Chelsea player now. <laughs> the worst the worst player announcement video I'm I've also, ever seen. I'm, I'm also looking at total shots, right? So yeah. Rashford had four. Martial, four. Emerson, four. Pedro, four. And then coming in, I mean, with two shots is Kern Suma. <laughs> so are are we wrong? Are we putting out fake news? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Why like numbers, He wasn't defending. Numbers don't so lie. He had, wasn't defending as he had time to shoot. Yeah, I guess so. guess so. Um, but yeah, that definitely in, in hindsight now, because I remember the whole entire getting rid of Luis thing before this game was kind of, I mean, even talking to Jared was like, oh, you know, Luis will be all right. Yeah, not that I'm like particularly happy that that's the center back signing that Arsenal got, but I'm I'm happy just for the sack that it, for just for the fact that it uh, adds numbers. I just said, uh, I tried to say fact or sake. Just for- and just I just said sack. sack, just for the sack, um, just for the sake that it weakens Chelsea even more than they already were. Um, yeah. But any uh, any last thoughts on United and Chelsea? Um, who who? Let's see. Who does Chelsea play next? Who's their next fixture? They play uh, Liverpool. That's not good. They play Liverpool. On Wednesday in the UEFA Super Cup, and then um, they play Leicester. There, there's a chance they could they could start losing the first three games. If they if they lose to Leicester next Sunday, that is, is a, I mean, there's a big chance. That is real. That's going to be interesting. Even if they drop, even if they just don't win against Leicester because it's at it's at the Bridge, so you know Chelsea will be considering themselves the favorite, but they need to do. A lot to to prep for that game. Um, yeah. So, so let's, then after that they go to they go to Norwich and then Sheffield and then Wolverhampton Wanderers. There you go. And then so, they play Liverpool um, in the league. Oh boy. That's yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how it pans out coming up this week. But yep. um, going forward, let's take a look at the Premier League newcomers. Um, start off with Sheffield United. A 1-1 draw with Bournemouth on Saturday. Draw the cherries. 88th minute goal from Billy Sharp. Oh, remember, do you remember? In our in our season preview, we could not say enough about yeah, Billy I Sharp. I was like, I, I hope you guys are talking about Billy Sharp. I'm not going to listen to this episode unless you talk about Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp. Let's see. Sold because I did not watch that one. I bet on that one. That was like we both did a ten game parlay. How did your talk about how that. did your ten game parlay come out? I'm gonna look at it right now because I I also made another betting snafu I, where I thought I was betting on one match, but I clicked on the wrong one. Oh my god, it was not good. That sounds like you though. So. Let's see how my parlay came out. I think I got six out of ten, six or seven out of ten. Let me check. Oh yeah, I, I got nowhere close to that. Um. So settled. So my bets settled. Oh yeah, 
so I meant to bet on Sheffield, and instead I bet on Southampton, who was down three nothing at the time of the bet. Not gonna lie, dude, that was not a good idea. You still would have lost if you're betting on Sheffield to win, but. Uh, I got seven out of ten. Seven out. So, if I used any bit in my head, I would have gotten seven out of ten. But I, for some reason, picked Chelsea to beat United. Um. Uh, so did I. So I got the Chelsea United result wrong. I picked a draw for Burnley Southampton, which was definitely wrong. Uh yeah, I believe yeah yes I did I picked a draw for that one also. I picked Sheffield over Bournemouth. Same. And so I picked. If I, would, uh, if I would have picked Manchester, yeah. If and I picked Watford over Brighton. So if I would have picked Brighton, a draw for Bournemouth, oh, Sheffield. You, fucking, you put you put Watford over Brighton. What's wrong yeah. with you? I mean, Brighton was terrible at the end of last season. So, um, honestly, I, you know, I could have been further away from getting this. But Sheffield, uh, they get a one-one draw, and they their one point is the best of the newcomers. Yeah. Aston Villa took the lead against uh, Spurs at uh, away to Spurs in their first game. Uh, yeah. So I actually watched that whole game. Oh, look like, at yeah. that. I, I love how you have to like say, oh, I actually watched it because we already know you didn't watch most of them. Yeah. I mean, uh, the... Uh, yeah, they the start of the game, uh, Spurs looked good. Tottenham was, you know, on the attack, and I was like, "This is going to be rough." And then Villa struck. What was it like the twentieth? The no ninth minute. I'm close to the twentieth. Nine twenty. What's the difference? Tomato potato. Yeah, after Villa scored, they looked good. They kept Tottenham out. Uh, Harry Kane was running around aimlessly. Uh, you know, I was, I was a fan of what was happening. I'm as, always happy to as watch, was I, I'm always happy to watch Tottenham losing. And then of course, at the end of the game, here comes Tottenham. Yeah. 73rd minute, the new signing, the defensive midfielder, uh, and Don gets the goal. And then 86 minute came with the winner, and Aston Villa almost held on. They almost had it. And then, of course, in the 90th minute, uh, Kane just does what he does and puts it to bed. What? Yeah, just uh, you know, this guy kicking sitters. You know what I mean, <laughs> I feel you. Last week, me and Jared Hello. said that Kane was going to come out, uh, come out of the out of the gates hot, um, and. I think Jared actually picked Spurs to win the league this year. Um, so no, he it's has him second. Has him second? Okay. Yep. So it's it's my thought that um, Harry Kane's health can play an even bigger role in the title race than it has in years past because I think this is the best Spurs have been in you know in this little short period. Yeah, pretty much. Um, um, so I will, I, um, so I'm looking at, I just, just real quick. Yeah. Cause these kind of things fascinate me. 
looking at I'm looking at the, once again on who scored. Looking at the match summary. Tottenham, their strengths. They created a high number of chances relative to their possession. They were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities through individual skill. Aston Villa. Team has no significant strengths. <laughs> Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham weakness committed a high number of individual errors. Aston Villa team has no significant weaknesses. So they kind of just went out there. They kicked the ball around. Yeah, that's what I mean. Didn't it, go it, their way. Aston Villa style. Team showed no specific style of play. Which I mean, do they play a back five? Um, did I don't think so. I think they went back four. I think they played five in midfield. Okay. Yes. Yes. So instead of it being like a traditional either four three three or a four two three one, it was just a four five one five straight across. Um, yeah, Aston Villa, I think are going to be fun this year. Me and Jared discussed last week how you know they made a bunch of signings in a similar fashion to what Fulham did last year, and they signed thirteen players. Yeah, the the whole Fulham esque thing worries me because Fulham were bad last year. Um, yeah, they were. They were not good. Yeah, they were they were as good as Chelsea was against Manchester United. Um, is hold on, check the notes. Check the notes. I have Chelsea bad. Yeah, Chelsea minus sign. Um, <laughs> so there's one thing that Aston Villa has that they've had for years. They had it Jack when they Grealish. were in the Premier League, not specifically Jack Grealish. We're even getting more hyper-specific. No matter what, Jack Grealish, no matter what he does with his hair, he is undefeated at having the worst hair in football. So, it is so, uh, so bad. So I, I, I studied it because it's been – how many years were they down? Two or just one? Uh, They were down for a couple of years, either two or three years. Two or three, right? Yeah, because it's been a while since – I've been able to, you know, take a look at that haircut and try and figure out what the problem with it is. Yeah. Um, so Grealish comes out with the socks low, as always. Um, and But he had a headband on this time. So I said, okay, it's looking a little better. But since I had the headband, it gave me time to study and figure out what the problem with the hair is. He's got way too much volume on top, and the sides are buzzed way too high up. Yeah. Why has no one told the poor guy this? He needs to fade it. But, like, even when he didn't have the sides buzzed, it still looked ridiculous because he still had all that hair on top. You know, in the it's back, in the back, he keeps it too wide. He needs to, it needs to get oh, cleaned up. Way too wide in the back. Way too wide. Wide in the back, no good. No. For good Jack Realish's hair. I think what makes it worse is that it, it, it looks like it just needs a couple little, a couple little tweaks and it would be all right. It, yeah, it doesn't look like it would take much. Like, there's definitely potential. Jack Grealish hair. To, oh, man. Although, I will say his hair. Oh, remember when he used to gel it back? That's a nightmare. It, bad. Like, in the uh, FA Cup final against Arsenal in 2014. Or uh, yeah. 2015. Five of the best and worst haircuts in football in 2018. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Jack Grealish was on both lists. Let's because see. of the potential. Um, try to figure out which order this list goes. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so for people that have never listened to mine and Jared's podcast, which is Q the Banter. 
um, we talk about uh, films and television. There's a lot of tangents, and I'm bringing the tangents to Footy Ado. Yeah, really just see. crossing paths see, there. For, for, here we go. Five of the best and worst haircuts of football 2018. Number five, worst, Paul Pogba for all the crazy patterns he puts in his hair. I don't know about that. Number <laughs> five, best, Raheem Sterling, keeping it simple. How is that? Number four. You said know. he's fourth worst? He just has a shaved head. No, he's he's fifth best. Fifth best. I'm so confused. Which list are we on? I he's, thought we were on the worst list. It goes back. It's best and worst. So number four worst is Fellaini with the disco look. Okay. Fourth best is Neymar Jr., even with dreadlocks. Although the picture they have him right now, he kind of looks like XXX Tentacion. I actually fuck with the with the Neymar dreads. Yeah, they're good stuff. Uh, worst, Christian Eriksen, old before his time. Guy's hairline's fucking atrocious. Number three, Jack Wilshire, smartly shaved. Or as Kate says, former intern to cue the banter, Kate, uh, she calls him little bat boy. Oh, my god! Because he looks like, uh, was it, Cousin Eddie from the Monsters. <laughs> he could turn into a bat at any moment. We're almost at the end. Number two, worst. Jack Grealish with the parody Peaky Blinder. Two best, Toby Aldevald with having the actual Peaky Blinder. Yeah, like that disgusting. that he needs to take notes from uh, from Toby. Oh, the worst, number one worst, Carius with the escaping man bond, which has to mean that the best is fucking. Oh, oh yeah, David De Gea for the hipster man bond. No, David De Gea's hair was the worst. David De Gea's hair was absolutely... There's no way that they actually put him at number one. It's a good man bun. No, it's not. He's literally the epitome of a douche knot. It's a fine... It's not as good as Gareth Bale's. Gareth Bale's hair is much better than all of the players that have just been mentioned. <laughs> Guy's got a good... Uh, we good, saw that uh, We saw that man bun up close. Bun up close oh, and personal. I think it was slicing the dice in our defense. Not as bad as Marcelo. Actually, hold on one second. Oh, my God. How long are we going to talk about hair? Manchester United. I want to go back to that real quick. Uh, That's like four topics ago. Uh, Not on the... Was he even on the bench? No, he was not. He's playing... I know he was playing with Chile in the... uh, There was a Copa America this summer, right? I can't keep track. Um, So he was late getting back. So that could have something to do with it or the fact that he blows. He's terrible. I mean, who got the better deal? Nobody. Nobody, right? It's like a draw. I have show notes open right now, and literally my second-to-last show note is I'd rather Arsenal terminate Mkhitaryan's contract and pay him the current wage they're paying him but not have the ability to select him for the team. What? All right. We're going to get to Arsenal. We're not there yet. But Um, nobody won that deal. No. Terrible. Alexis has been atrocious for United. Mkhitaryan has been atrocious for Arsenal. But the United are not using the one that has been atrocious. Yeah. Um, the guy came out with that stupid piano video and his fucking career went right that's down the, the best thing. He, that's the best thing he did with United. Guy's terrible. That was a hell of a player introduction while they had Mkhitaryan wearing an Arsenal shirt, holding up an Arsenal shirt. I mean, how are you supposed to know what team he's playing on if he's not wearing the shirt and also holding it up? And it's not like he was even holding it up with, like, the back facing. He was holding it up facing. With the same side that you yeah. can see. Classic Arsenal. Um, 
So uh, we're leaving the discussion of hair. We're leaving the discussion of Manchester United and Alexis Sanchez. We're leaving the discussion of Aston Villa and Spurs. And on to our final newcomer, who certainly look like they're going down. Uh, Norwich City lose at Anfield. Uh, Listen, your first game back in the big time is against a team who lost once last season and got 97 points second place, and won the Champions League. So we're going to hold our judgment, except for the fact that they suck. They're never going to win a game. They're not going to score more than one goal, which they already did. So uh, they're going to get shut out the next 37. <laughs> so who are they um, Who are they playing next? Let's say fixtures. Fixtures. Norwich coming up plays nobody. They've already been relegated. <sighs> you hate to see it. They play Newcastle. Okay, so that could be a battle of uh, garbage. It's like a, yeah. it's like the, <laughs> it's like the, your trash can fight, fighting your recycling bin. Yeah. <laughs> the real thing is this: is that every year when these teams get promoted, there's one team that I'm just I, I'm hoping to get promoted every year, and they just never do it. Who's that? Cubes. Oh, the QPR. We we want to range us back. <laughs> yeah, we do. You watched a special on them, and you haven't you haven't stopped loving them since. Oh, as people were marching in the street, we want our ranges back. Did you ever watch the uh, the Sunderland special that was on Netflix? I did not. That was a good one. There's also on Amazon right now. There's another footy show. Is there? Amazon. Prime. Well, they, so the one on <laughs> the one on Netflix with Sunderland, you know, they did a documentary with Sunderland in the championship, and then <laughs> Sunderland got relegated again. And do they really? Yeah, that not this past season. The year so they got relegated from the Premier League and then the following season got relegated from the Championship. And then last season, um I think they made the promotion playoff final in League 1 and lost. Um they suck. But like, yeah, they're they're in turmoil. But that so I was you know, when Sunderland were in the Premier League and then when they were in the championship, I was rooting against them. And then that special came out. And I was like, ah, I kind of like them. Kind of a fan. And they paid you back by being in the shit league. Yeah. They uh, they lost to Charlton Athletic on a 94th minute goal at Wembley in front of 76,000. Four minutes into stoppage time, they concede and remain it's, it, in it's atrocious. League One. That's bad. That's real bad. You hate to see it. I agree. Let's see. What is the footy show that's on Amazon Prime? Jack Ryan? Um, that's actual football. I could have swore there was a show. I'm I like, you know think what? you're I, right. I was like, you know, I should tell Zach to watch that thing. I think you're right, but I also don't have any confirmation that you're right. So while we debate whether or not a show exists, um, let's get yes. back to let's get this, back to Liverpool Norwich. Um, this is football. So <laughs> this is football. Who is it? It's an emotionally charged six-part documentary exploring football's extraordinary impact in the world from the series uh, from the streets of Delhi to the fields of post-war Rwanda to the pitch of the Champions League. This globe-spanning series tells a unique story of a game and its power to unite countries, inspire generations, and captivate. 
billion. So it looks like they talk about Liverpool and a guy from a team I've never heard of. And women. That was one hell of a promo from you there. Yeah. Um, I'll have to talk to our to our <laughs> business you. manager to see if we're getting any money from that one. But oh, the residual check is just got Venmoed to me. Amazon's got to pay up. All right, sorry. Back on track. Um, back on track. Liverpool four, Norwich one. Goals from Salah, Origi, uh, Van Dijk in own goal. You know, we really had it all. Um, yeah. You had a forward, a defender, a substitute, and an own goal. Um, it was three nothing in the first half. Or no, did they score all four in the first half? Yeah, four nothing in the first half. Yep. Um, and we had a goalkeeper substitution. Now Allison had, was the best keeper in the league last year, um, and he looks like he could be out for close Weeks. to two months. It's possible. Um, so it's going to be Adrian to uh, be between the sticks at Liverpool because. Uh, Loris Carius is gone, and uh, Samuel Mignolet is gone now. Um, so it's West Ham legend Adrian in goal, who they signed for free like two days before the season Thank. actually started. Thank God they did. If not, then you're just going to have to, you know, throw uh, James Milner in goal, you know, the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, then after that game, uh, Salah beat up that kid. Yeah, how good was that shit? The kid, so the the kid actually ran into like a, a, a light post, pole, right? like an like an asshole, and I say that especially I'm calling him an, him an asshole especially because I've done that before, and you know what I was doing when I was when I ran into the pole? What were you doing? I was being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so this kid at least had a goal at the end of it. <laughs> this kid, most Salah beat up this kid and then wanted to take a picture with him as proof. A truly vile human being. Heartbreak, heartbreak. Like, I feel like, listen, you, you want to get a picture with Mo Salah no matter what. You're a Liverpool fan. But, like, you're going to look back on that and be like, I cannot believe I met Mo Salah, but it was only because I was an asshole. It's so good, though. Mo Salah hopping, hopping out the Bentley. Oh, it's good stuff. I mean, he's a good guy. Good guy, Mo Salah. Um, Mo Salah, yeah. And then, you know... Moving on from Liverpool and Norwich, uh, you know, staying with the, uh, you know, the top of the table, City and Liverpool look like they have not, you know, lost anything from last season. City yeah. win 5-0 against West Ham on Saturday. Um, Raheem Sterling with the first Premier League opening day hat-trick since 2010-2011. Um, so Sterling, that's about to sign that Jordan deal for like 112 mil. Yep, I saw that. And then that's, that's bonkers. We also had a VR, VAR decision. Was it Sterling's goal that was a Sterling goal that was ruled off because of VAR? Uh, I think so. I think it was. Goal? I think it was offside. Now people are complaining about VAR, and it, it, it's it's so annoying. Like they're not actually complaining about VAR because VAR is bad. No, they're complaining it about it because. It, you know, because you just need something to complain about. It's not like there's no problem with it. No. I, the, I, is I, it going to be the 100% fix to, you know, getting every single call right? No, it's not because there's n no such thing as perfection. But how do you how do you feel about the way the Premier League is doing it? Where there's like there's like four. Isn't there like four things 
Yes. Like main things they're going to look for. Like it's not going to be every it's single like, play they're going so to AR. It's so it's handball, like offside. Hand, red card and goal, right? Yeah. I mean, so, it's, I don't. I don't see the problem with that. No, I like it. I like the way that they that they've decided to use it, and it's this was week one. It's going to take a little while to get it yeah, to get it to not. its best point. But even when it's not at its best, it's still better than not having it. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. I don't. I mean, you know, um, I have seen it take forever. I, so so have I, and like when it does take forever, it's like this is annoying. But I'd rather have it take forever once, and be, the other times it'd be, it be right. good. Like I want it, I want it to be right because I'm an Arsenal fan, and I remember Gabriel Paulista getting sent off because Diego Costa slapped Koscielny in the face, and you know, like I'm just <laughs> oh, I, so that, that was a classic. <laughs> I can't, I cannot stomach. That type of shit happening, so I don't care if the offside call wasn't too obvious and they went to VAR anyway, because I'm tired of shit like that happening. Yeah, I that's agree. the ultimate shithousery from Premier League refs. Yeah, and they're dog shit. I am all against it. Yeah, a goal from uh, Jesus, a goal from Aguero, three from Sterling. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer in here. If any of this sounds choppy or like it doesn't flow along, it's because we are successfully both losing internet connections throughout the recording process. We have lost the connection three separate times. Back and forth. Twice for you, once for me. I'm First sure it's not going to be the last. Time you. Yeah, it's, so, we're going back and forth. So if it doesn't flow nope. through, it's because I got lazy with editing. That's just whatever. That's just a simple fact that's going to happen. Um, now to continue talking about City, um, a point I wanted to make: business as usual for City, but there's consequences. Um, you know, in you know unintended consequences because you know there's a guy, uh, a good guy, Leroy Sane, who played in the Community Shield, subbed off early. Um, my guy wanted to go to Bayern. He got hurt in the Community Shield. Stays at City, and now Pep says he could miss seven months of football. Ooh. That's, one, not good for a player who sounds like he wanted to move. Yep. Uh, two, not good for, I mean, you know, City, if any team can deal with an injury to a starter, it's Man City. But yep. um, wonder if that pushes Liverpool and Spurs a little bit further ahead in their uh, quest for a title. Um so we'll see how how City continue to line up. Um, you may see Sterling move to the left with Bernardo Silva starting on the right. Um, you know, I think that's Pep's preferred formation anyway. You could see Aguero and Jesus starting together um, in some capacity. But uh, Pep has, uh, you know, a little bit a little bit of an issue. It's definitely not the biggest issue in the world for him. But uh, seven months without Sané, I'm not really uh, upset for City. I'm upset for such a, a promising uh, talent. One of the one of the top players in the world that, you know, we don't get to see in action for a, a good chunk of time. And, and uh, now on to, I know, what both of us want to be talking about. You got two Arsenal fans on here. 
Are we talking about Arsenal Newcastle 1-0? An away uh, okay. clean sheet. Oh, away clean sheet. It's the first time in, what, three years that there's been two clean sheets within the same calendar year? Yeah. That was a it's the their, their last three clean sheets before this game against Newcastle all came in separate years, 2017, 2018, and 2019. Um, Pierre-Emerick is the uh, has the most goals through 50 games in Arsenal history. Um, 33. That's three more than... Uh, Terry on rehat. So uh, quite quite a good stat. Chelsea bad, Aubameyang good. Aubameyang good, yeah. I mean, um, it was it was. Uh, you know, you you had sent me the lineup of people that didn't start that game. So yeah, obviously, do you, you have, do you have that up? Yeah, I have it up right now. So here's the Arsenal lineup. If uh, of all the people that didn't start. This week. So in goal, you have Martinez. Then you have Tierney, Holding, Louise, and Bellerin as your back four. Torreira, and I have no idea. I'm going to butcher it. Ceballos. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Ceballos in the midfield. And then you got uh, Martinelli on the left. Uh, Ozil in the middle. Pepe on the right. And Lacazette up top. Which is, not, I mean, that's not a bad lineup for all of your non-starters. Yeah. And still out of that lineup, you have, uh, say, Kolesinac. You have... Uh, the king. You have Captain Col- Captain Coldy snacks. Captain um, Coldy. You have. Which, I mean, how crazy is that whole thing? Like, it's yeah, like it's disgusting. Like, come on, like, uh, Kolesinac's wife has gone back. I don't know where she's from. I didn't do that research. I just know that she left England because she feels safer in her home country. Of it's, it's, I mean, so he's from Bosnia, right? Yeah. She feels safer in Bosnia. I know nothing about Bosnia. It just sounds scary. It it sounds it sound like it sounds like you know uh, Europe's Venezuela. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you Google Bosnia, the Google searches that come up is Bosnia, Bosnia genocide, and Bosnia war. Interesting. And that's where she feels safer because two men were arrested outside of Mesut Ozil's home. Um, they Unai Emery has said that uh, he is not sure whether or not they're going to play against Burnley. If they don't play against Burnley, then that that would mean that they're they would have a chance for a debut at Anfield against Liverpool, and even if not, then it's a North London derby the following week. So yeah, it's it's a decision. You know, them not playing is a decision that should be made, but it's sad that it has to be made, um, considering what those uh, those players and their families are going through. Yeah. The, um, by by the way, I do want to say, I uh, talking about Bosnia. Since I looked at, there was a question: Is it safe to travel to Bosnia? It said, uh, "Food and drinks are safe, and crime level in Bosnia and Herzegovina is generally low, but you should prepare yourself for potential displeasures and incidences." So I don't want to speak bad about another country on here, Bosnia. There you go. Um, look at you go. You know what I mean? But no, I it's it's the first of all the video is insane. Of yeah, of uh, the guys with the knives, Kalisnach hopping out the car, hopped out the whip, and these guys are holding knives, and Kalisnach is like, "I got this," and Ozil fucking drives off. So many good memes. I mean, totally worth it. Definitely then, worth it. Then have then there was two guys arrested outside of Ozil's house. Assuming it has something to do with the first event, some kind of connection to it, yeah. yeah. No, and I was listening to 
the Ars Cast Extra today. They're talking about how, you know, oh, if this is, you know, gang-related or, like, whatever this is, if you arrested two guys, it's not like, oh, the problem's gone away. Like, there's there's more guys waiting to, to you know, continue to make these guys, these players' lives a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's bullshit. So, um, th- those selection issues, unfortunately, there's nothing Arsenal can do about it right now. But yeah, no. Um, there are, you know, other, other players that, that are, you know, Pepe didn't start. Um, I, I'm assuming he's going to start at home against Burnley. Um, not on that, in that starting 11, you have, uh, Bakayo Saka, who is a very talented young winger who I'm sure is going to get some meaningful minutes this season with the sale of Alex Awobi. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's. It's really uh, going to be interesting to see what the team looks like against Burnley. I do want to say for Arsenal, though, uh, Matteo Guendouzi was phenomenal in yeah, in this game. You know, there was a lot of praise for uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who not only had the assist on the goal, but looked solid defensively after a not-so-great performance in the Europa League final. Yep. Um, but, uh, and you know, the... Man of the match, the official Premier League man of the match went to Aubameyang. He, Aubameyang would have been my third choice. First choice for me was Guendouzi. He was brilliant. Um, and then then I would go with Niall second, Maitland Niall second, and then the goal scorer third. But, um, you know, the the young midfielder, I, I'll be very happy if if we find a midfield three this season that is, you know, something like Guendouzi, Torreira, and Ceballos. Because I, I think Guendouzi can really, really become a special player in midfield. And also, I did not mention this when we talked about United and Chelsea. The same thing goes for Scott McTominay. McTominay was brilliant. You know, in a game where you score four goals and you're not one of the goal scorers, there's not going to be a lot of, uh, of you know, you're not going to get a gold star for it. But McTominay was great yeah. in the midfield. He's going to keep uh, Nemanja Matic out of the starting eleven. Matic is going to be a, a guy that plays as a rotation, comes off the bench to, you know, keep things tight at the back late when you have a lead. But McTominay is the youth product at United that is going to, you know, be starting week in, week out, and he deserves it. Um, but for me, the same goes with, with Guendouzi at Arsenal. Now, looking forward to next week's fixtures. Looking at him right now. Saturday morning, early kickoff is Arsenal Burnley. We have Villa and Bournemouth, uh, Brighton and West Ham, Everton and Watford. What's up? I'm just I'm I'm making my picks in my head right now. Get my get my ten match parlay ready. We're usually not a picks type team, but uh, we're gonna make a pick. Me and you are gonna go for a pick on uh, one of these games. You have uh, did I say Norwich Newcastle already? We have Southampton Liverpool, which is Liverpool against uh, Liverpool B. Um, the twelve thirty kickoff on Saturday is Man City and Spurs, a rematch of the Champions League quarterfinal. What a uh, a two legged tie that was! And then on Sunday you have Sheffield United and Palace, and then you have Chelsea and Leicester before Monday night Wolves and Man United at the Molyneux in Wolverhampton. Man City Spurs. 
This match is huge. Yeah. Can we call it in a in, in a one one draw? You know, like last season, City had a big game early on. Their big game early on was uh, Liverpool. It was City Liverpool at Anfield, either in like the second or third week, and it ended nil nil. Miserable. Which is awful, especially for two teams that are you know on the attack so goddamn often. But what do you see happening in City and Spurs? Um, I don't know. I th- I think s- I said they were gonna draw. I'm sticking to it. Okay. I'm sticking to the draw. All right. Um, I don't think. I don't know it's early. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I want fucking. I want Tottenham to lose. Like obviously, it's one of those games where you can't help but like two teams that are better than Arsenal, so they should just draw each other forever like 38 draws throughout yeah. the year. But I don't think a draw is that far-fetched. No, it's not. I think, I think it'll be an evenly matched game. I think in this one, Pep is going to be preaching the fact that, you know, this is the team that kept you from getting to the Champions League semifinal last year. The team that kept you from reaching that, that goal of yours. Um, they, it was, you know, an all English tie in the, you know, the last eight, and it it's never easy. But Spurs, a worse Spurs team than the one that's going to go up against them, beat you. Don't let it happen again. So I think I think City are going to take all three points, but I think it's going to be close. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like, I mean, I know it was the first, like, the first week, but, like, this the Man United and Chelsea game was, like, the hype for that was huge. Yeah. And it was pretty terrible. I mean, quality football. If you uh, if you hate Chelsea, yeah. So I mean, quality game, quality game for someone like me. But here, I'm gonna run this down to you real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah. All right. So for the games coming up this week, uh, I'm taking this is this is a new thing that you do on your show, by the way. It's a new segment called uh, Nick's Betting Spotlight. Nick's betting spotlight. Cannot wait right. to record this zero times ever again. So I'm taking Arsenal over Burnley. Okay. Villa over Villa over the Cherries. All right. A tie between Brighton and West Ham. Okay. Everton over Watford. Newcastle over Norwich. The Pudlians over the Southamptons. A tie in City and Tottenham. I'll take a tie between Sheffield and Palace. I'll take Leicester over... Chelsea, Wolverhampton, I mean, Manchester United over the Wanderers. All right. So um, that's that's my parlay. I'm going to bet five bet five beans on it. We'll we'll do this instead of, you know, when when you come on as a guest whether or not it's whether it's with me or whether it's with Jared or if we, you know, decide to go with a three-man booth instead of doing our delusional thought of the week, our delusional thought of the week is just going to be Nick's ten match parlay. It's the parlay. It's the parlay of. The, it's the parlay of the week. Which so is if I bet five, five, five beans on that, it pays out a cool seventy-five grand. Send it, bro. Uh, please. I mean, I could I, honestly, I could bet fifty cents on this and still make, still make out. If you put five beans and win seventy-five grand, you could pay like five percent of your student loans back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pay like uh, about half. <laughs> 
Or I could bet $9, and that's uh, ooh, that's $136,000. I'll take the five spot because I like to bet during the games also. Okay. Like the 70th minute. You're a live bet type on. of guy. Every now and then I'll throw like a dollar on the team that's down. All right. So this past week, Everton was down to 10 men, and the game was tied. I threw like three bucks on them and paid out 50. They didn't except do it, except it didn't pay out 50? Yeah, it paid out zero. And I had already bet on Sheffield when I meant to bet on the other S team. It was a whole, it's a whole lot of stuff going on. At least you didn't bet on like the wrong Claret and Blue team. Now that we have three of those back in the back in the league, wager approval required. Your wager of five dollars needs approval. From who? I think I think it's one of those that the payout is so large that they have to like double check whether or not they're they really want to offer you that. Actually, not one off. I'm awaiting approval. Interesting. I swear to God, could you imagine they don't approve it and this fucking wins? Hell to pay. Ugh. Hell to pay. I'll be. I'll be seven. I feel. I'll, I'll feel like I'm 75 G's in the hole. You will be 75 G's in the hole, which is uh, more in the hole than you need to be. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my uh, that's my delusional parlay. There we go. I I'll take it. Um. That that pretty much brings us to the end. Nick, thank you as always. Uh, it was good to have you on Footy Ado for the first time, and uh, it most certainly will not be the last time. Yeah, it was, um, a, uh, it was definitely a pleasure. I apologize that I wasn't as uh, prepared. It, it takes me back to the days of doing the penalty spot with Sal where there's one person prepared and one guy there for the banter. <laughs> well, it was like... When all the games are done is when you're like, hey, can you can you come on the show on Monday? And I was like, all right, sure. Well, I, because I, I, uh, we're, we're going to put this last tidbit in for Jared. Hey, Jared, we record on Sundays most times. Don't tell me Saturday night that you're not going to be able to record this week, you douche. I mean, I mean, you're not wrong, but you also were the guest on our podcast and didn't even realize that you were supposed to be on the podcast the day Nick, of the recording. Nick, I don't want to hear it. This is slander. I'm going to mute your mic if you keep going on. Uh, but make sure to follow us at Footy Ado on Twitter, at Footy Ado on Instagram. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, so that it can be seen by more people. Yep. And as always, pardon our French.